0: drove up here and they they uh, love you guys and we prayed for you guys today um, anybody anybody like free stuff at all on Wednesday nights okay so I meant to I actually meant to grab a couple of our youth t-shirts because we're like we're like youth family um, down in surprise but I grabbed we have these college t-shirts that look kind of like the the sweatshirt that I'm wearing um, and I mixed it up so if you want a youth t-shirt just come down and visit us someday on like a Sunday night or something Um and I'll give you one, but who wears, who wears XL? Who wears XL? You don't wear XL, you're lying. Okay, this one's for you, bro. You can have that free t-shirt for you. What about um, this other one? Don't tell me you got a four XL, Steven. Oh no, okay, medium, who wears a medium? Who wears, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Okay, he was the first one to raise his hand. You, you wear medium so you can like flex and it looks like you're about to rip the shirt. Is, is that right? Oh, that's, that's, what the, that's what the Bradshaw kids did back in the day. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, I, I'll just tell you right now, I went to, I graduated from Prescott, so um you can boo me if you want, but I'm very loyal. Did I what? Yeah, oh I'm sorry. Um hey, I wanna I wanna take so um, if you don't know me, uh, my name's Kaden, and my wife is Hope, so she's the one with the tie-dye sweatshirt uh, that was up there, and our team, we're from Radiant down in Surprise. So how many, how many of you guys went to the Youth Convention? Um, like a, What was that, a few weeks ago? Awesome. So so that's our—that's where we usually are. That's our church. Um, but So so uh, we're excited to be here, and we drove an hour and 21 minutes, and it was awesome, and Izzy fell asleep in the back. Um, so if he messed up on guitars, because he was still kind of trying to wake up, um, but we're excited to be here. I wanted to give... where's Oh, he's right here. Pastor Josh. Macy's back there doing producing things, producing production and all that. Um, But I just wanted to give you guys something. Can you guys... I think this is really important um, that you guys honor and love your pastor. How many of you guys love your pastors, Macy and Josh? Yeah. So if you didn't know, last month was like Pastor Appreciation Month. So if you didn't give them like a $100 gift card to Lefties, the steak place, or like buy them, give them like a Target gift card or something, you should. Um, But I just wanted to give you guys... We, we have just a card for you and uh, we love you, love you. and um, you can it's it's a gift card so you can take Macy to dinner or you can buy her some new shoes or something like that um, and so if you guys haven't already it's not too late you should write them a card and thank them for, for all that they do because a lot of stuff that they do that you guys probably don't see and they love you uh, so I grew up here, and it's, it's crazy to think about. I think it was 1997. How many people were, were alive in 1997 that are in the room? Okay, so you weren't, he said I wasn't even an idea. Um, in 1997 my my dad planted what is now Life Point Church. So that building over there that's it's a family life building, right? So that used to be a feed store if you didn't know. So maybe some of your like grandparents bought some like hay there or something back in the day. I don't know. But they turned that feed store into the first building for the church and then we eventually built this and I grew up here and w- was here for we were about here how many years was that? I was 4 and then we moved when I was like 18. So um, I grew up in this church and Um, I could tell you like stories for like every inch of this building, like stupid stuff that I did, like, like right there. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I did something stupid right there um, a long time ago, um, with fireworks while the building was being built. Yeah. Um, it was dumb, but don't ever do that. Um. Except on the 4th of July. Uh, how, many, how many of you guys said that you went to youth convention again a few weeks ago? Okay, so what I, what I want to talk about tonight, um, and it's something that's been been kind of on my heart the last maybe month or so, and I shared this message a few weeks ago in our youth, um, but I want to share this message that, that talks a little bit about freedom. It talks a little bit about, about dealing with the enemy in your life. And some of you guys that you went to youth convention... A few weeks ago, whenever that was, you had this great moment, this God moment, like this crazy, amazing experience, all that you felt like I changed your life. Anybody feel like God touched your life, changed your life, spoke to you, encouraged you? Any? Okay. So you had this great moment. Some of you guys, maybe it's been like a service when Pastor Josh is preaching and there's like literal fire spitting out of his mouth and it's an amazing moment and your life is changed and you, you have this moment, but then you drive back home, you go home, you come back from youth convention and you realize that the problems, the issues, the things that are going on in your family, the the home life, those things didn't change. And the only thing that changed was you. But here's the encouragement for you. The truth is the only thing that ever really needed to change and does need to change is you. Because God wants to use you guys, LifePoint Youth, to be a encouragement, to be a, 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 a light for some of you, to be a, a, a beacon of hope for the people in your life, for your family members, for the people in your school. He wants to change you so that through your life, after you pray and seek him and you affect the people around you and they see Jesus in your life, other things will change. And so some of you guys, though, I'm going to talk about it in a second, but some of you guys, you felt like you had this crazy moment, but then you went back into a problem that you had before, a sin that you had before, a relationship that you had before, a something that you knew that, that you know that is God wouldn't be pleased with that was part of your life before. And we're going to talk about the book of Judges for a minute. Anybody ever read the book of Judges before? Have you ever read the book of Judges? Okay, a, a few people. Yeah, kind of, you're like halfway. Yeah, I, I listened to it on audiobook. Um, so a lot of people, they, sometimes students, I've heard this before, they don't, they don't like to talk about judges because they're like, what? what is that book? That's the book of judgment, like judgmental people, like judging, like don't judge me. And, but but this is the, probably a better name for this book of judges would be the book of Delivers. So why don't you just look at somebody really quick, say Delivers, Delivers. Just look them right in the eye. The person that you ignored on your other side, look look at it, just, just poke them and say Delivers, Delivers. Because if there's no one on your other side, just imagine that there is. Um, What I mean by that is this book is a moment, a story where a lot of it, God, he, delivers the people of Israel from the problems, from the enemy, from the things in their life that were going on. He continuously kept delivering them. And what happens in this book is is what we see, how many people have read Exodus before, or you've heard, or you've seen the Prince of Egypt or something like, so God takes the people of Israel, the Hebrew people, he takes them out of slavery and he puts them on this journey. And eventually they reach the promised land, the land where they got milk and honey and they got amazing like palm trees, and they got ocean, and they grow all the food they want, and there's all that we just had Halloween. They got all the candy that you could ever want. It's this amazing place, the promised land, that, that they get to. And what we see in the book of Judges is this, is this continuation of the story of Israel being in this promised uh, uh, land that they had. So, so if you have a Bible, did anyone bring a Bible to church on a Wednesday night? Let's go. Anybody bring like a mobile Bible with you? You got your Bible app, your U you version, so you can pull that up, pull out your uh, real Bible if you want. Um, something that we do in, in middle school at our church is uh, when we read the Bible, so we believe at our church, and I know that your pastor believes this too, that, that miracles, are real. They're for today that we serve a miraculous God. And the way that we say that in youth is that anything can happen. And we believe that when you read this book, anything can happen. It can change your life. It can change your neighbor's life. It can change something that, that you've been praying for a long time. It, it changes you. And so if you do this with me really quick, cause we do it in, in, in our youth sometimes, uh, I, I, I say, when I read this book and you say anything can happen. Okay. So I'm going to say, when I read this book, you say Okay, let's say it so the devil like freaks out for a second because there's people that are about to stomp on Okay, when I read this book. Anything can happen. That was pretty good. Okay, let's say it so the men's life group that they're like all quiet and sober and, and like just crying on each other's shoulders. over the, Let's say it so they can hear. I'm kidding, they're not doing that. They're having a great time. Let's say it so they can hear. Okay, when I read this book. Anything can happen. Abigail just blew my eardrum out. Um, okay, so Judges chapter one. Uh, anything can happen. We believe that verse 27 and 28. This is what it says, it says, but Manasseh did not drive out the people of beth Shan or Tanakh or Dor or Iblium or Megiddo. I'm going to name my son Megiddo, my firstborn son Megiddo. I literally say that every time there's a weird word, but this time I actually mean it. Um, my son will be named Megiddo. Uh, and their surrounding settlements for the Canaanites were determined to live in that land. That's, the, that's their enemy. When Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but they never drove them out completely. Look at somebody one more time and say, drive them out, drive them out, drive them out. So what's happening is they they have this moment where they, they, they win this battle and Israel, and Israel gets strong, uh, but they don't drive them out completely. They say, okay, you can stay in our land. You can just be kind of like our slaves, hang out, whatever. When God, what he wanted them to do was drive them out completely. And so what we see is, is these judges, these, these people that, that, that God set up to help lead Israel and speak to Israel and encourage Israel and, and, and help them when they had challenges and judge the, the, the situations that were going on. They're so excited because they win this battle and they sing this song. And, uh, and what we see in judges is just this continuation of the conquering of this promised land that they live in. But I think that this book, it could be summed up in these couple verses I'm about to read to you. And, um, if you flip over really quick to chapter five, verse 31, I think they have it on the screen. It says this, the land had rest for 40 years. So this is after uh, multiple moments of Israel. They they win this battle, but then the enemy takes them over again. They win this battle, but then they mess up. They do evil, and then God lets their enemy take them over again. They they win this battle, but then they do something crazy, and God says, okay, I'm going to let the enemy take. So there's multiple times where this keeps happening, and this is another time where it happens, and it says the land had rest for 40 years. So I I think about it like this you ever taken like a math test that that you're like um, you're so stressed out about and and when you finish it it's just like this relief like (sighs) anybody done that before yeah it it was me every time i was terrible at math um yeah i failed every prescott high school class in math and somehow passed my senior year um i had to get tutoring it was embarrassing um so it's like this moment where they're just they have rest like (sighs) we won a battle but then right after that the next verse chapter six verse one it says the then the children of israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So there's these moments where they keep, they, they're like winning battles, they conquer the enemy, but they don't drive the enemy out all the way. They do something evil, they they start worshiping these fake gods again, whatever, and God says, okay, well, if you're not going to worship me, if you're not going to do what you know is right, I'm going to let the enemy rule you again. And so I want to pray as we get into this, I want to pray real quick and just uh, ask God to meet us in these next few minutes. So if you'd bow your heads, close your eyes all over the room, and Jesus, we welcome you into this place. Speak to us, encourage us, challenge us, pray that we would just have a great night, pray that somebody would get free Taco Bell on their way home tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Um. Okay, so if you're taking notes, anybody take notes ever when Pastor Josh preaches? You should. You should always, if Pastor Josh is preaching, you should always take notes, Um when I'm talking, you don't have to, but you can if you want, but always when Pastor Josh is. So we, we say that goats take notes. We say that, uh, if note takers are world changers, we say that if you take notes, you're going to have a giant mansion in heaven with two jacuzzis, uh, three lawns, horses, and the horses in the back and, uh, and quads and dirt bikes and, and everything you could ever imagine. If you take notes, that's not true, but I do believe that it's important to take notes. So here's the title of the message, freedom, just write down freedom. If you needed another title, you could write driving out the enemy. But here's what I believe that some of you in here tonight, some of you guys, you're in a moment in your life where if you were being honest with yourself, you need freedom. You need freedom from maybe a situation at home. You need freedom from the the, the the sin, the thing that you know is wrong that's been weighing you down. You need freedom from the anxiety that has bothered you for, for so long. You need freedom from the depression that has been a part of your life. You need freedom from, there, if you're being honest with yourself, a lot of us would say, man, I need freedom in my life. If you feel like you're in a good spot, there's probably people that you know that need freedom in their life. And I was thinking about, um, when I went to Prescott, and I actually told told uh, our students this a couple weeks ago, but I was thinking about when I went to Prescott, I was a freshman or a sophomore? I think I was a freshman. It was my freshman year. So who goes to Prescott in here? Is there, okay, Ethan, right? Okay, Ethan, he was blasting me on social media the other day because I like the Packers. Um, it's okay. Um, sorry that they won. Um, so I, in my freshman year, did you do auto shop ever or is it still there? It's still there. It, okay. So, all right. So every i'm gonna tell you this really quick every day when i would get out of auto shop um mr Cheney, he was kind of mean he was kind of scary um he I, I would walk across and there was there was this girl that um i don't know why i was not a likable guy at that time she had a crush on me anybody had like a, a person you don't have to raise your hand but you can if you want uh where like it's either a guy or a girl and they're just they're like what's the word that i'm looking for persistent right? Persistent. Like they, like, you know that they have a, like, they send you the love notes in class. Like anybody had that? You, you'll admit it. Okay. Like they, they, they like, they like DM you on Instagram. Like they, they, they DM you on Snapchat. Like they're looking at your location on Snapchat. They're like trying to find They, They like, they like find you on MySpace that no one even uses any, like they, they, they email you. They, they send you a letter at home. They come to your house. Like they find you on LinkedIn, like that person that's persistent that, 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 that has a, a crush on you, so, so some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you will uh, as you as you work out and get a little stronger, and and people start having a crush on you. But um, what happened in this moment? There's this girl, Ginger. Look at someone say Ginger. So, is anyone in here named Ginger? Okay, good, because that's that, that. You already know there's a problem when you meet a ginger in your life. Um, just kidding, but but kinda. Um, so this girl, Ginger, she 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 had a crush on me. And, and I'm telling you, like I had, I don't even want to describe it, but I just was not like, at that point, like there is no reason that a girl should have had a crush on me. I'm just, I'm just saying I was, I I was like, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, she would meet me at my, she would meet me at my locker like every day, and she'd be waiting, like, at my locker. So I'm, I'm trying to drop off my books, get my next one. And um, she would just walk to class with me every day. And I was just scared. I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. And she would just ask me all these questions about my life. Like, sometimes she would, like, we'd be walking down the hall, and she'd do one of these, like, just, like, trying to, like, walk with her. And I was just freaking out. So I was just always, like, like this. And and what happened is I finally was like, I can't handle this anymore. And so I found a different route. And I went all the way around, like, the, the outside of the school uh, where these there's, like, these trailers, you know I'm talking about, like on that side through the alleyway and all that, and she couldn't find me, but after like a week, she found me again, and she started walking with me every day again, and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do, so I went around the other side of the school to my next class, and I'm walking all the way out by the flagpole super far, and it took like maybe six, seven, eight days, she found me again, and she was walking with me again, and, and all this stuff, she like painted me a picture, like she she was sending me messages on, I think, I don't was were we using Facebook? I think it was Facebook back then, I'm old. Um, this was, yeah, it was a long time. It was crazy. Yeah. Boomer. Okay, boomer. Um, so finally, I did nothing. <laughs> I was scared. So uh, wh- wh- what happened, though, what what I didn't do is I could have just said, Ginger, I don't like you. Or something like I could have I said it nice, whatever. But the problem was is I was unwilling to do what was hard. And so I just kept having... She kind of became my enemy in that moment. This enemy, like walking around with me that I'm scared of when I could have just said, Ginger, like get away, please stop. Like I need freedom. I need to be free from you. Please. Like I can't, I, I, I don't even like, I don't even want a girlfriend until I'm 23. And, um, I'm 28. Yeah. And I got married last year. It's crazy. Um, and, and her name's not Ginger, but I didn't do what was necessary to say, okay, Ginger, like you need to get out of here, like get away, like I can't handle it. And here's the reason that I share that with you, because here's the reality. A lot of us, we have moments of freedom. We have moments where it's like, whew, I, I found a new route. Like I'm going around the school. I, I'm getting out of this, this place. But then the ginger of our life, not a person, but the anxiety, the sin, the problem, the, the thing that has, has plagued us for so long that, that we thought we're getting away from, it creeps right back up on us and we let it into our life. And so here's the challenge for you tonight, is that you as a person, and this is the first thing that you can write down, you need some freedom and you need to drive out the enemy in your life. The, 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 maybe for some of you, it's the thing that someone said about you, that you feel like you're, you're having a good day and you're doing okay, and then you remember that, and it just pushes you right down again into that terrible place that you find yourself. That maybe for some of you guys, I'm just going to be real, it's the it's the the lust that you've struggled with, and you feel like, oh, I conquered it for a moment, but then it gets right back into your life, and it drags you down to a place that you don't want to be again. And I want to preface really quick, before I get into these three things, that the reality is only Jesus can give you true freedom in your life. Only the spirit of Jesus can help you to find freedom from the problems, the issues, the, the situations, the person of Jesus can give you freedom in your life. But I want to give you three things, three thoughts that maybe if you're, if you've been walking in freedom, three things that can help you sustain that, or maybe to help you walk into true freedom tonight. And the, and the first thing, like I said, is to drive out your enemy. So when in Judges chapter five that we looked at, when it says that the land had rest, it's this moment of like (sighs) like they feel good. It means that Israel had conquered their enemy for that moment. But the problem with Israel is they would conquer their enemy but they would never drive them out. They would never get them completely out of the promised land, they would let them live right there. I'm gonna give you another thought really quick. I just keep thinking about things from Prescott. I think I might've shared this a few weeks ago too uh, with you guys, but I I, I had, so I was on the basketball team. Anybody on a sports team in here? You're on a sports team? Okay, anybody on like a, like a, another type of team like chess knitting like I don't know what other scuba like I don't I don't know okay so there's a bunch of people on different teams you guys have seen that you've been a part of that I was on a basketball team anybody on your team have had a person that you're just like they are so annoying like the stuff that they do like the coach would love us more if they were not on our team okay so I had this guy Clayton that every time um bro what can you come up here real quick what's what's your name again Austin, awesome. Okay, just come up here real quick. So this dude Clayton, I would just be like trying to play basketball, practice games, scrimmages, all that stuff. Every time he would guard me, and he was like years younger than me, so I don't know if he was just like trying to prove to the coach like I'm gonna lock down the senior or whatever. But every time he would try to guard me, he would just be all like up in my junk. Like he would just every time like he he was holding he was holding me and like 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 just messing with me. And, and it's like practice. Like you're supposed to stay like like a few feet away, but he was just I, I was getting so frustrated with. Him, and what would happen is I would have like a moment of of like a breather from him, and I'd be like Clayton, stop. And then like five minutes later, he's grabbing me again and all over me and guarding me. It's so annoying, right? So you guys have had that. You can sit down. Give give it up for your your boy. Um, but finally, I had this moment where I'm like, okay, this guy has become my enemy, and I'm about to drive him out. And so I take Clayton. I should have kept you up here, but I don't want to like you into something or anything. I take Clayton, he's he's doing his defense thing all over me, I take him like by the head like this, okay, he's like a sophomore, I'm a senior, and so he was the last smaller, and I just, I'm like, whew, across, he slides across the floor into the pads at the end of the court, um, We're and it was crazy, I got in trouble, my coach like suspended me for two hours, um, and was really mad at me, um, but Clayton never did that again. Like he stayed six feet away, like before you stopped, before COVID was ever a thing, like for me at all times. And um, here's what I'm trying to say is we guys, we are not called to just manage our enemy. I, for a longest time, I was just like managing Clayton, like, okay, it's annoying, whatever. We're not called to manage the issue in our life, manage our enemy, keep it just like, okay, whatever. I'm kind of annoyed. We're called to drive out the enemies of our lives, drive out the issues in our lives. Some of you, if you're honest, you're in management mode you're like oh, i can i can handle this much of what whatever that is i can handle this much of that problem that that issue you're in management mode and here's what your enemies could be for some of you guys it's ungodly habits it's things that you know man that is not right i should not That should not be a part of my life. For some of you guys, it's, 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 it's thought patterns. It's ungodly thought patterns that are a part of your daily life. It's believing for some of you guys, it's believing things that are not true, believing things that maybe somebody a long time ago said about you, you need tonight. Let me just encourage you for a second, somebody in here, you need to know that you're not what that parent or that, that friend said about you long ago, that's affected you, but you're a child of God and he loves you and he cares about you and he wants to help you change that thinking. your life. For some of us, the the enemies it's it's unhealthy relationships. Like you know that you should not be messaging that dude on Snapchat every day. You know that 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 your parents, if they if they knew the person that you're you're like dating at school right now, they would be like, bro, what are you doing? You're crazy. For some of you guys, it's unhealthy relationships. For some of you guys, it's gossip. It's drama, it's the things that that, that you know bring other people down, the things that you say to people. Those are the enemies, the things that are part of your life. So I don't know where you're at tonight or what that is, but I think a lot of us, if we're honest, there is some kind of an enemy that we have not driven out in our life. And I believe that Jesus wants to help you do that tonight. Here's the reality. Jesus, he offers us as people, he offers us this mercy, this, 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 this act of, hey, you're not getting what you deserve as a person that has messed up and made mistakes in your life, this mercy to be forgiven. But then he also gave us grace, this favor. Anybody ever had a moment where you feel like, I have favor, like my teacher loves me, like I have favor. So it's this unmerited favor. That's what grace is. He gives us grace to be free from the person that we used to be in the life that we used to live. There's this verse in Romans chapter six. I love what it says. It says, our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Tonight, God wants you to help you to no longer be a slave of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So you as a person, if you're a follower of Jesus tonight, Jesus wants to tell you, hey, you've died to the old you tonight. You're free from sin, move out of it. Move ahead, walk into the things that I have for you. And I, I, tonight, I, I hope that as we look back someday that it isn't said of, uh, of life point youth, that we, we repented, we changed our minds enough to be forgiven, but we didn't surrender enough to the grace of Jesus that we could be free from the things that we need to in our life. God wants to give you the grace to, to help you to be free from the things in your life, the, the situations, the problems, the, the sins in your life. Titus, I love what it says in Titus chapter 2. It says, the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. It says, we're instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this world with wisdom, with righteousness, with devotion to God. So there's this moment where God is saying, hey, I'm instructing you to turn from the things that you know are wrong, turn from the things that are missing the mark, turn from the things that you know are causing problems in your world. Guys, we gotta drive out the enemy instead of just trying to manage him in our daily life. Some of us, you're like, I know myself, I know my limits. And then after like two weeks, you're like, I guess I didn't know myself and I didn't know my limits and I'm doing exactly what I didn't wanna do again. If you live life that way, trying to manage things, man, you're gonna struggle because what you're doing is you're saying, I trust my flesh more than I trust my Jesus to lead me into the freedom that he has for me. And I will tell you this though, when you fully surrender your life to Jesus and say, help me, I need your help. Would you guide me? Would you lead me? Sometimes he's gonna ask you to do something drastic so that you can see a drastic change in your life. So for some of you guys that you got a problem with like, what, like what you're looking at on your phone, you got a problem with messaging that person on your phone late at night, whatever you got a problem with, I don't know what that is for some of you guys, the drastic change that maybe Jesus is going (laughs) to speak to you is, Hey, why don't you take your phone and leave it in the kitchen at night and go to bed and like read a book or just go to sleep or something like that. What I'm trying to say is for some of you guys, Jesus wants you to do something drastic so that you can see a drastic change in the freedom that he wants you to to walk in, in your life. So don't allow yourself to manage, drive the enemy out. Ask Jesus to help you to do that. Second thing, really quick, write this down. Freedom is a lifestyle. Freedom's a lifestyle. Jesus, he didn't die just so we could have moments of freedom. He died so that we could have a life of freedom. John chapter eight, it says this, Jesus says this, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. So he's saying, hey, a slave, you guys aren't a slave anymore if you're a follower of Jesus. He's saying a slave, you don't, you don't have access to all the things that the father has. You don't have access to the house. You don't, you don't have all the things that are promised, but, but because of Jesus, I'm making you a son, and you have access to the freedom and the things. And this is what it says in verse 36. If the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So Jesus, if you're a follower of him, he's saying, Hey, you are free. You need to walk in that freedom that I've given you own that freedom. Invite me into your heart. I think it's so powerful that we're singing this song. Holy spirit rest on us because literally it's crucial for us to say, if we want to live our daily life outside of anxiety, outside of problems, outside of the, the, the the sins that we've walked in outside of the uh, bitterness that we're struggling with and move forward from some of those things in our life, we're going to have to ask, have to ask the Holy Spirit to rest on us and fill us and change us and guide us. And what we'll see is his work in our life, changing us and taking us into the freedom that he wants for us. You're not just free guys. When you're, when you're at church, when you're around some friends or whatever, you're free because Jesus set you free. You're free all the time. You're free to walk in the freedom that he has for you. Freedom though. Here's what you need to know. Freedom has to be enforced. It's something that you have to fight for and remind yourself, man, this is who I am. Like, I'm a child of God. I'm free. I don't have to, I don't have to be a slave to the sins of my life anymore. I can walk into a new me, a brand new person you have to be a person that's saying that's willing to say man i'm gonna fight for what i know is right the when, when the enemy the devil tries to get in your situation again tries to mess with you again you gotta like curb stomp him really quick and say devil you can't take over in my life anymore i'm a son of god i'm a child of god i'm a daughter of god i'm walking with him i'm walking in the freedom that he has for me and, and i'll tell you this really quick too a lot of people they think man if i'm If I'm fighting, if I got struggles, if I'm fighting an enemy in my life, if I got an issue, uh, my freedom can't be real. Like it's, it's not real, but that's not, that's not the truth because the, that's actually a sign that, Hey, I'm walking with Jesus and he's helping me and he's changing me. And I might slip up or mess up or do something here or there, but I'm going to get back up and Jesus is going to help me back up. And I'm not a slave to those sins anymore. I'm going to keep moving forward into the purpose and the calling and the destiny and the amazing things that he has for me. Here's what I'm scared of more than the person that messes up and, and they're still walking with Jesus and wanting to do the right thing. The thing that I'm scared of is the person that, that you come into youth everywhere Week, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. Like, like the person that's so disengaged does, does maybe wants that freedom, but, but is not asking Jesus for it. This is the way that you're going to find freedom. When, when we go into worship and you're like, Jesus, I want whatever you have for me. Jesus change my life. Like Jesus, I invite you into my heart. That's the person that, that God wants you to be in his, in his saying, would you just seek me a little bit and watch what I can do in your life? So the Israelites, these people, they were in their promised land. They're, they're already there. They're living there. It's, it's awesome. But they're having this moment where they have to keep clearing out their enemies, clearing out the problems, and keeping them out. And, and what's happening sometimes, I think, in our lives is we surrender our life to Jesus. And we say, Jesus, I want the freedom that you have. And it's kind of like Israel. Not in the negative sense, where they're doing evil in the sight of the Lord, but in the sense of like Jesus highlights one thing in your life and and convicts you of one thing and shows you a problem that that maybe you need to change or an, an action that you need to take or whatever. And then and then you're 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 walking with him and you're getting better and all this stuff. And then he starts showing you more things and more things and more things. And it's just like Israel, where they're clearing out all of these enemies. And in your life, it's like I'm clearing out all of these enemies so I can become more like Jesus. So I can become I can walk into the purpose that he has for me. I can can set this problem, this thing aside, this sin aside. I can set this sin aside. I can get out of this unhealthy relationship and I can step into everything that he has for me. Because I believe that Jesus will give you that favor. He'll give you that grace, that word grace, to sustain and to guide you into the amazing things, not just freedom, but calling and destiny that he has for you in your life. So this is a challenge guys, just to let freedom, the freedom of Jesus work in your life and invite him into your heart to do his work of freedom in your life. Make it a lifestyle. Here's a thought for you, depending on how you deal with, how you fight the enemy in your life, that's gonna determine if you have to keep fighting that same enemy. So what did I say a little bit earlier? Some of you guys, Jesus, he's already spoken that to you. You need to do something a little bit drastic so that you can see a drastic difference, a drastic outcome to whatever that is in your life. Israel, they, they failed to drive their enemy completely out of the land because the enemy persisted to stay, is what the Bible tells us. Here's a thought for you. Until our desire to remove the enemy and fill our heart with Jesus becomes greater than the enemy staying, he's always gonna have permission to stay in our life. Remember, the, the, the enemy, he can't be managed. He's gotta be driven out. So we got to be people, Life Point youth, we got to be students that refuse to settle and say, man, I, 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 I can't quite conquer this enemy, so I'm just gonna manage it. I'm just gonna let it be right here. We gotta be people that are like, no, I'm not gonna settle. Jesus, help me. I'm moving forward. I'm not a slave to sin anymore. I, I'm, I'm moving into what you have for me. And if I have to get Pastor Josh to, to help me, if I have to call him at 1 a.m., I'm gonna do that. Call him at 1 a.m., whatever. He doesn't care. Um, <laughs> he's mad at me now. Um, if, I, if I need some leaders around me, if I need the help, I'm gonna move forward into what you have for me in my life, Jesus. So choose to be free, make it a lifestyle, make freedom a lifestyle. The last thing really quick is you need to know your God. There's this, this sad pattern in the book of Judges that while one generation of Israel served the Lord, the next one didn't. It happened multiple times. And you would say, well, how did that happen? It, it, let's look at Judges 2.10 really quick. It says, when all the generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. They didn't know the Lord. And this, this, this word, no, it doesn't mean to just like acknowledge like, oh yeah, the man upstairs, like he exists, cool, whatever. No, it means like I have a relationship with him. Like, I know him in a real way. Like, if you think about like a kid at school, you're like, oh yeah, Benny, yeah, I know him, whatever. He's cool. It's it, 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 No, it's the person that you're like, no, that's my ride or die. Like, I know them. I know, every, for some of the girls, you're like, I know like everything about her. I know every ex-boyfriend she had. Like, I know, it, it's like, I know everything. I, I, I have this crazy close relationship. It's this It's this relationship that it's not just knowing about God, but it's really knowing God. It's 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 knowing him and serving him and and saying, God, I'll do anything for you. God, what have you called me to do? I have this relationship with him, and here's here's a thought for you guys because I know you've been doing this, knowing God. Where it starts is the Bible, but I think one of the greatest ways you can know God is through your prayer life. And I love, I think Pastor Josh is going to go into this next week, but at the beginning of the Lord's prayer, it says, "Our Father." I wonder how many of you guys tonight know God as your father, father who is in heaven. I wonder if you were honest with yourself if you see God as a good father. If you see God as a as a as a Father in heaven that created you and cares about you, and and the Bible says He knit you together in your mother's womb, He knows how many hairs you have on your head, or, or or lack of hairs on your head, or crazy looking hairs on. He knows everything about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And this is the crazy thing: is the God that made everything He wants a personal relationship with you. Do you know the Lord? That was part of the problem with Israel is they didn't truly know the Lord. They didn't know what he did for them. They didn't know who he was. They didn't, they didn't have the the the, the 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 reverence for him, the relationship with him like maybe some of their forefathers did. So I just want to challenge you guys tonight to ask yourself this question, a couple questions. What are the enemies in my life? Am I driving out those things? Am I asking Jesus to help me do it? Am I making this, this, this freedom of no longer being a slave to sin, this freedom, a lifestyle? And do I know my God so that he can help me walk into everything that he has for me? For some of you guys, God wants to use you. You're in seventh grade and God wants you to use you to change your school, but it's not gonna happen until you're obedient and you start to know him in a very real way and invite him to be a part of your life. For some of you guys, God is saying, "I, I just, I, I wish that they would seek me just a little bit because I want to, I want to change their life. I want to, I want to affect the the, the situation that they're walking through. I want to change the the hardness, the the struggle of of what's going on in their heart and start to soften it and, and speak destiny over them." And there's this moment where you have to say, "God, I want to know you in a real way." So I would ask you, do you know the Lord tonight? I remember this moment, God, where um, I was so in youth, we never got to have youth in like the, the big building like this where we have great sound and lights and, and all this. We always had youth over there uh, when I was growing up. And um, this was like 13 years ago. And I had this moment where it was a service just like this, probably around the same amount of people in the room. And I had this moment where the guy was challenging us, like, do you know the Lord? Like, do you talk to him for yourself? Do you pray, like, not just let a pastor pray, not just let a leader pray, but do you pray? Like, have you ever asked him to help you walk into freedom in your life? Have you ever asked him, like, God, what have you called me to do? What are you calling me to right now when I'm 13, 14, 15 years old? Have you, do you have that type of a relationship with God? And, I remember in that moment, I I probably really had never done that, and I think I think like I had raised my hand for salvation and 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 would call myself a believer and I was a pastor's kid and 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 all this stuff, but I wasn't walking in this relationship where I knew the Lord. It was more like yeah I know about him, yeah like my dad knows him really good because he's speaking to him all the time and he's talking to the people like but it wasn't my relationship, and I just feel like. The last couple of minutes I just feel like God wants wants the people in here and you guys should just be challenged do you really know the Lord do you really have you had an encounter with him in your life have you have you heard him speak to your heart have, do you know the the amazing things that he has done maybe in your family has he done that in your life do do you know the Lord so I remember this moment I'm like 13 i'm gonna find it really quick because i wrote it down and i actually taped it in here a few years ago um this was like my diary just kidding it's like church notes or something but i taped it in here um i should have like a lock on it like the girls used to do you know where no one can read it and stay out my wife hasn't even seen this um i think i wrote about some other girls in here i'm just kidding i'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking so i had this moment I'm getting off track. I'm distracted ADD Um, where the guy's challenging us. He's saying, Hey, do you know the Lord? Do you know who he is? Do you, do you know what, what, what he wants to do in and through your life? Have you asked him uh, to, to work through your life? Has, has he impacted your life in a crazy way? And I, for the first time that I can remember, responded, because I was a pastor's kid, right? So I was like, oh yeah, the bad people need to respond to the call at the end. Like, I'll just chill back here and eat some like Skittles and stuff, you know? And I would just sit and hang out. For the first time I responded and I I was probably the first person up to the front. And I said, God, I want to know you for real. Like God, I don't don't even remember what the struggle was back then, but God, I don't want to walk in that anymore. I think it was fear i want to walk in this fear this 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 thing that's been a problem in my life anymore god helped me to move forward And i had this moment where i felt like weight was lifted off i felt like i had this boldness like i had never had it before where where god was taking away like the fear and the, the things that were going on kind of in my heart and i remember even more clearly though god started to speak to my heart in a very clear way and call me to ministry call me to some things that now we've already seen to come to pass in the last few years. And part of that I wrote down and I literally wrote the date. It was March 7th, 2008. And I'm just going to go through part of this, but I just, I just started to write like, and part of this was even prophetic for this church and this group of people. And let me just say really quick, I believe that through pastor josh and macy's leadership pastor mike's leadership your lead pastor and you guys in the room that you guys are going to see the greatest move of god that this church this area has ever seen in years to come i really believe that and but but here's the thing god wants you to know him so that he can use you to be a part of that in a really powerful way and so on this the, the, this piece of paper i i wrote something about Youth being led into the presence of God. And I said, not not just by looking good and a cool atmosphere, but that people will see something different, see something that they want, and there will be a huge change in Prescott and Prescott Valley through the youth services. And I was talking about youth services in this church. So that youth can come here and be saved be renewed, be encouraged, recommitted, baptized in the Holy Spirit, revived, filled with the knowledge of who you really are. And this is me writing like to God, what I felt like he was speaking to me, so that they can show their changes to their families and that parents would be changed, siblings would be changed, be a light to the community and a light to our world. And I just just wanna say that over you guys, that God wants to use you in that way so that we would see the greatest, most crazy God moments. And like, man, some of you guys in the room right now, you have no idea the amazing things that God wants to do in your life and through your life. Like there's somebody in here that, that someday you're going to preach way better than I can, way better than Pastor Josh can. And people are gonna come to know Jesus for the first time through what you share. Somebody in here, God's gonna use you in some like creative way like video game designing or something. I don't know, but he's going to use that in a way where you're going to have a platform that you can weave things in about the gospel that's going to change people's lives. Like there there are, there are so many things that, that I have no idea and only God knows that he wants to do in your life and through your life. And he also wants to do it right now while you're in school. He wants to use you guys to be an encouragement, be a light, be someone who knows how to walk in freedom. Be kind of set apart, and people are gonna want that. He wants to use you in that way right now. And so, if I could just ask you guys if you just stand up all over the room, the worship team's gonna come up. And I just wanna take a moment. I never want to um, leave like a youth service or a moment like this. Um, without taking a moment so that somebody, if you need to, that you would know Jesus and you would have a relationship with him. And so um, all over the room, maybe maybe you're in here tonight and you would say, man, I, I'm kind of like you, like I don't, This has been like my parents thing. It's just been like a a church thing for me. Like I've come in and I've sang the songs and and I've I've you know like listened to the messages. I've even taken notes, whatever, but I have never had a real relationship with God. Tonight is your night to make that decision. Maybe you're in here tonight and, and you would say, man, I, I feel like I have had a real relationship, but I've, I've walked away. And, and I wanna know that if the world was over tomorrow, that I would be in heaven with Jesus, that I would have hope for eternity. So I'd ask yourself, where where are you at tonight? Like, do you really know Jesus? Do you have a real relationship with him? Because it's not just a religion thing. It's not just a raise my hand so that I, so that I can get out of of being separated from him. And, and I don't have to like go to this crazy place called hell, but I can spend my life in eternity in heaven with Jesus. And so I'll just ask you tonight. maybe, maybe somebody is in here. And if you guys would just bow your heads, close your eyes all over the room, nobody distracted. Nothing spiritual about doing that it's just a moment of a moment between you and God if there's anybody in here tonight that you would say man I want to know Jesus in a real way. I want to have a real relationship with him. I've never made that decision. I've made it before, but I feel like tonight I want to make it for real and really walk with him and really know him and really walk into the freedom that he has for me and the the life change that he has for me and the eternity that I have in the future, the abundant life that he promises in scripture. I want to know him tonight. Is there anybody in here that you would say that? You would say, I really want to know Jesus tonight. Awesome. You can put your hand right back down. Awesome. Awesome. If you're, if you're one of those people, just, you don't have to pray this with me, but in your heart, you can, you can whisper it if you want, but just pray something kind of like this. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I thank you for, for dying on the cross for the sin of the world so that I could know you. Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me of, uh, of sin, of, of things that separate me from you tonight. Jesus, I wanna walk with you and know you, and tonight make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for who you are. I love you. Thank you for the abundant life that you promise, and thank you that you're good, in Jesus' name. Okay, second group of people, really quick. You're in here, and you have some kind of an enemy in your life. So I'm not talking about the kid that you don't like at school, but I'm talking about the, 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 the issue that you know is wrong that you haven't dealt with. I'm talking about the, the, the problem, The maybe it's something that you know isn't right, it's sin, whatever. Um, for some of you guys, it's not sin, but it's, it's this anxiety that has been gripping you and you haven't done anything about it. For some of you, it's this this depression that Jesus wants to help you with and take away, but you've never done anything about it. I believe that tonight, whatever that is in your life, that Jesus wants to help some people to find freedom. And so if you're in here and you would say, man, there's something in my life that I just want to ask Jesus to help me uh, with freedom in that area. Would you just slip up your hand real quick? Anybody in the room? I need freedom tonight, awesome. right back down this is what we're going to do i want to take a few minutes the team's going to lead us and we're going to worship together but as we do that i want you to really worship like stretch out your hands. Maybe for somebody that you're usually sitting down or whatever, come down to the front. Like actually take a moment and say, Jesus, this is me and you. This is relationship. It's not religion. This is this is, this is is a, a moment where, God, would you impact my heart? Would you speak to me? Would you guide me? Maybe, maybe somebody in here, you're like me, and it's the first moment where you're gonna hear God speak to your heart uh, 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 this calling or this destiny or this moment where he's calling you to start like a campus club at your school or whatever that is but I want you to take this moment, make it a moment between you and God. And so I'll just ask you guys, would you all come forward um, just like we were earlier and the team's gonna lead us for just a few moments and then we'll come and pray and close out.